0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Benny and the Bets.
1: What is good, everybody? Welcome in Benny and the Bets back with you as we head into the month of December. We are, of course, presented by our good friends over at PXG Kansas City, rocking the uh, quarter zip today. Uh, even though it's starting to get a little bit colder, still plenty of time to go ahead and get fitted. My guy, Alex Gold, on the show for the first time, but uh, certainly a longtime friend. Uh, someone that I've had a chance to to get to know, even though he's a Kansas City guy. Um, you and I got a chance to like actually know each other way before you even came to Kansas City. It was one of those like weird friendships that once you got here, they're like, oh, great, you're finally back in <laughs> town. Um, but but you and I had a chance to kind of work together for a little bit, do some appearances together. And uh, I, I'm so thrilled to see your continued success on Cody and Gold on Sixth Sense Sports Radio from 10 to 2. Uh, also, make sure you guys are checking out that betting show on Sixth Sense Sports Radio as well. You can also hear him on the BetQL network. And uh, I, am I missing anything? Is there, is there any <laughs> that list that uh, you continue to build your resume with? no man i i appreciate
2: the, the the shout out there a little bit and it's great to be on the show you've obviously been on my show a couple times so it's good to finally be on yours uh and uh, i'm jealous of the logo that you have for the show uh and leaning into that is is fantastic so no man it's good and, and as you know like i think when it comes to like there's a lot of people that are they' watching and stuff that are passionate about sports betting but i feel like you know you even though you and i didn't work directly with each other in Kansas city i mean you've been all in on sports wagering for a while. I mean, even going back to the fantasy football days with another platform and everything, and as uh, obviously something I'm passionate about. So I, I, I don't want to, you know, tout each other too much here, but I would say in Kansas City sports betting-wise, I, I do want to say, and at least certainly in the media, you and I were, were kind of first here with uh, really pushing that long before it was legalized.
1: Yeah, we kind of run this down a little bit. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm willing to go ahead and put that out there. And, and I would even say to this point, Um, You know, I I think from a content perspective, you and I both have been able to uh, fortunately build up our audience fairly organically uh, because it is an area for us that we both love. And, you know, to your credit, not only have you sort of gone full in on the sports betting side, but you've covered the industry locally for the last several years as well and basically took that upon yourself to say, I want to make sure that I'm breaking news when it comes to what's happening locally you are on board with everything happening around the state of Kansas, including some of the the weird language where <laughs> some of the, the external money that might be going towards like taxes and roads and other places, how it could actually be part of a slush fund to get some uh, teams to come over to the Kansas side. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, give me your overall perspective on why. It seems like such a, a fairly innocuous and easy question, but why can't Missouri get its shit together when it comes to finally getting something through, knowing the amount of revenue that is not only being generated by Kansas, but essentially all of its neighbors. It just feels so obvious at this point. Why can't their lawmakers get something through? Yeah,
2: I hear it all the time. I mean, I'm sure you do as well. It's kind of that million dollar question. And certainly we're both in the sports world as well. And so majority of people that like sporting events also would like uh, to have some skin of the game. And they're driving across The state of Kansas, or if there's people on the eastern side of Missouri, they're going right across to Illinois or they're going up north to to Iowa. All all of this has been going on for quite some time. It's just gained more attention in in our neck of the woods here in Kansas City now that it's such a quick drive over to the state line. And and I've seen, you've seen photos and videos of so many people on a Sunday morning going to a quick trip or pulling off on the end of a highway, on ramp, or whenever to do it. And, you know, why is it not happening? I mean, politics is the simple uh, word to use, um, no doubt. And you know, there, there's certainly benefits on and cons on, on each side to it. Obviously, I'm a proponent for sports wagering. I think that's pretty obvious. But I think what you've seen is in Missouri, um, there has been a push for video lottery terminals, which are these machines that would be inside like rest stops and gas stations. They're illegal. Uh, they are legal in Illinois as well. And, and they do bring in money to the state of Illinois. There's no doubt about that. Um, but those that support video lottery terminals know that in Missouri, frankly, it, it will not pass without sports wagering. And that's why they continue to attach themselves to the sports wagering bill. Because the simple thing is like, hey, just pass a sports wagering bill by itself. And let's worry about, like, I'm not even like totally against VL. People think I hate VLT. I really don't. It's just what's holding up sports wagering. And so VLT is a separate thing. Let's handle that separately. Unfortunately, politics come into play and everybody knows like, Hey, if we want VLTs, we know we can hold up sports wagering and maybe get our way. The casinos don't want VLTs, and so there's blame to go all the way around. But ultimately, there's a senator, Denny Hoskins, in Missouri. It's been he really, I think he's kind of proud of himself, frankly. Then um, he's been the guy that's held it up in the state of Missouri, and it all has to do with with the VLTs. His belief that the both should coincide with each other, and that's why nothing's gotten done. And then there wasn't a push here uh, two months ago. I was talking to some folks that. They were moving forward to get sports wagering on a ballot in Missouri. Let the people decide, right? Um, unfortunately, talking uh, within the last two weeks, it sounds like that is very unlikely and that's going to stall out. And that has to do with uh, the opposition and the money that would be coming in for these video lottery terminal companies and lobbyists. Uh, and frankly, it'd be a very expensive campaign. And we know in California, while it's a completely different climate and there was uh, ballot measures there, these sportsbook operators lost their ass, basically. Um, And I think there's some fear of that. And look, it's not a sure thing it passes. Like, uh, you know, in our world, everybody thinks, oh, it's it's a no-brainer. There are plenty of people that do not support gambling for a wide variety of reasons. And there's certainly valid concerns, right, with with sports betting and just gambling. Um, and, And so there's the risk of, imagine, Benny, if you go to the ballot and it fails. Well, then... There's no way you're getting it through the legislature because if you're a representative, you're saying, well, hey, the people spoke. They don't even want it. So there's a lot of risk there. Unfortunately, I think it's extremely unlikely it passes in the spring legislature based off of the political climate.
3: Yeah.
1: And even if it were to pass in the spring, you're still talking about several months for a lot of these books to to go and find their prospective partnerships with the different casinos nearby. You need to be able to have some boots on the ground. Um, And that's another element to it as well. I guess where I would go with this next is let, there's there obviously no no NFL team in, in St. Louis anymore but there's still plenty of Missouri-based professional teams many of which have already partnered up with sports books that ironically are not available in the state right. that they currently reside. Right. Um you know the the Chiefs for example um they've partnered with Geims says they partnered with BetMGM um, there's promotion within the actual stadium at GHA Field, which I still don't love the sound. It's Arrowhead. It's Arrowhead. You know? It's Arrowhead. Okay, so for purposes of that, there's still signage at Arrowhead for a sports book that isn't even available in the actual stadium itself. How how relevant can these teams be, knowing what's available, knowing the stake that they could have? Where we're now having conversations about the Chiefs and the Royals. Considering a move towards the other side of state line, not necessarily because of the legalization of sports betting, but knowing that it could be another revenue generator, and that is something that ownership desperately cares about.
2: Well, we know you alluded to it. I mean, all, all the pro teams in Missouri, whether we're talking on the, on the Kansas City side of the state with the Royals and, and obviously the Chiefs, um, all of them go to the Blues on the eastern side of the state. Every pro team is part of this you know, Missouri sports coalition that is in support, and the Cardinals really actually spearheaded this. I mean, they, they've they been more outspoken than— I mean, the Royals and Chiefs are worried about the stadium mess right now, uh, but they are in support of sports wagering. But St. Louis has been extremely outspoken, the Cardinals have, about being pro sports wagering in the revenue model or stream that that could bring to the Cardinals. We know baseball in particular, it could be beneficial given the fact that there's no cap, and you're always looking for additional revenue streams to, to better your ball club as well. And so, yeah, all, all the pro teams and their influence— they want it, um, and that was who was kind of pushing for the ballot initiative, on, uh, and, and ultimately, like I said, I think it's extremely unlikely that happens. You know, I, I think sometimes it does probably get overblown of the impact that sports wagering has on the, the, the stadium conversation, though, with the Royals and Chiefs, and like, oh, they're going to go to Kansas because they want the legal sports wagering. Like, you said it, they're already getting some of that money mm-hmm. um, from these partners, even though it's not legalized. Now, it's not the same thing of, having a sports book right in the parking lot, which we know that exists out in, I was just in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. And right there, there's a beautiful little BetMGM uh, sports book. I mean, there's there's other stadiums. Uh, certainly on the NBA side, there's a ton of them where the yeah, sports Rick, book Rick is.
1: Yeah, just added uh, a DraftKings sports book behind yeah. the stadium. It's supposed to be like brand new state of the art, and um, they're certainly not the only ones. Yeah, no question. And, and so as far as the actual
2: dollars, I mean, the, the Kansas bill, yes, did put aside... Uh, this uh, attract this pro sports team to Kansas fund. I can't remember the exact term of the fund, but that's basically what it was. Um, and, and people are like, oh, wow, this is going to bring up a pro team to Kansas. Look, yeah, I, I hear you. But if you go and look at the percentage and look at the revenue that's coming in from Kansas, even though there's additional money right now because Missouri residents are betting in Kansas, so the, the revenues are actually up. It is still such a small number. I mean, we're, I haven't looked at the last dollar amount, but I believe when, when the, the bill passed, the estimate was going to be like over five years. I mean, we're, we're talking heist like less than 30, 40 million dollars. I mean, like right. for a, you know, a $2 billion stadium.
1: Right. And, and the unfortunate part was that there, I, I think a lot of the complaints on the Kansas side, and I certainly remember when when it first came through was, yeah, it may not seem like a lot of money from the professional sports side team, but like, that's actual money that a lot of other states that have legalized that are actually used for roads and infrastructure and education. Sure. and it, it just felt like a missed opportunity for Kansas and now here we are talking about it you know a year and a half or so later thinking oh maybe it actually goes towards something
2: yeah I mean it it, it, it helps um it certainly it, helps yeah, whether it's top
1: of the bucket uh,
2: yeah yeah like it, it, it helps it doesn't hurt um you know, look if it ever came to the to be where the chiefs truly. We're willing to, or the Royals, we're willing to jump ship to Kansas. I, I'm pretty sure uh, Governor Laura Kelly would have plenty of bipartisan support to get uh, either. I, I think that would be something that would unify people on, on the Kansas side. I don't think that would be a problem, and they would. Something tells me they would find the money uh, to, to be able to to get one of those teams over. And I, you know, like I, I still deep down, if we were betting and there was an offshore book that let us bet on the, would the Royals or Chiefs be in Missouri 10 years from now I still would be betting on um, the answer being yes and I think there will still be like minus 300 if not more that that's actually the case despite the news of course in the last couple of days about where things stand and you know it's never it's not a 0% chance and um I think it was Mayor Quinn Lucas today uh said on uh, on 610 actually just that you know he thinks it's a 70 75% chance the Royals stay um in Missouri but you know I think it was in the 90s that uh that the chiefs stay in Missouri. And I, I, I agree with him on the, the football side. I don't believe the state of Missouri is letting a football team leave for the third time. Uh, I think that'd be a catastrophic thing for that state.
1: Yeah. And I also saw a tweet that you posted uh or, and I, what, have you decided on, on what we're calling uh, tweets? In the ah, yeah, I go back and forth Twitter. I go back and forth. It's still Twitter. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's so, but you're still sending a tweet. You're not sending an X um, <laughs> right. conversation for another day. Um, okay. we, you even even mentioned before we we went on air that um, for all the different musical acts uh, and different concerts and opportunities of, of major acts coming to Kansas City, um, obviously Taylor Swift is in town right now, Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, a few other names. It's a 1% earnings tax to Kansas City, Missouri. And as you said in your tweet, it would be foolish to lose all of that. So the fact that Mayor Lucas is even willing to, to go on record of saying that it's somewhere in that 70 to 75% range... I, I certainly think is eye opening, and right. I think a lot of, well, <laughs> I I thought so because it, it felt like we had David Sampson on this podcast uh, several months ago, and the idea of sort of this posturing aspect from ownership um, in regards to just where they could go. It it's there because it's a play that they want to use, but until desperate measures actually come into play, more often than not, they just know how villainized they're going to be because of it. Um, I, I just have a very difficult time. It's until you have a deadline, then there's not going to be a deal. Done. we've seen this in in a lot of labor discussions and a lot of labor strikes in professional sports. Anyway, I, I think the stadium negotiation is very much the same thing.
2: No question, and we know January 23rd is that uh, that deadline to get it on the Jackson County ballot uh, for the three eighth cent sales tax extension. And so right. yeah, they have till then. I, I still think by the end of the year, though they gotta have, they gotta be pretty close, but you're right, Deadline Spurs action, I just, I don't know if they wanna run it right up against the January 23rd day, I mean, they still have to campaign, like, it's, I think if it went to a ballot, it passes, but like, it's not a sure thing, Um. And, and the Chiefs can't do anything until the Royals pick a dang site, and, right. and I don't, I, I never, I don't really think Clay County is actually a real site, I understand, the renderings look beautiful, and hey, look, if, yeah, I would go to games there, whatever, I don't care, but um, I don't believe it's a real site, um, because not to get too nerdy, I just don't think the math checks out on what the, how high the sales tax would have to be in Clay County just because of population, um, for it to work. Whereas in Jackson County, it's just an ex- extension of the existing three, eight cent sales tax. And yeah, the money that comes in from that over 40 years is going to be greater because inflation and everything else, but like, it's the same sales tax. Um, and you know, I, I, I understand that I don't live in Jackson County. I've been completely transparent about that. Um, if it was an opportunity in Johnson County that the Chiefs were coming here, I would have no problem voting for the identical 3 cent sales sales tax. I really wouldn't. And also, while I don't live in Jackson County, and neither do you, Heiss, um, I spend money in Jackson County. So I am paying a little bit of the sales tax. It's not the same as family, so I don't want to say that. But like this notion that nobody outside of Jackson County is ever contributing to the Jackson County sales tax is also kind of crazy to me.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. Um, by the way, we had uh, Rafael Esparza on a handful of weeks ago, a longtime bookmaker. Um, he's over at uh, at Doc Sports, ESPN Radio, Fox, a couple other places as well. And part of what he does is what we just talked about, actually setting odds on really anything you can name <laughs> under the hood. So we we might have to reach out to, uh, to our pal, Rafael. Yeah, I'd love to hear his thoughts. Yeah, it'd be, see if we might be able to get uh, a little conversation going there as to whether or not. Um, it happens, but you're 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 fairly you're you're going on a fairly safe level that uh, you don't you don't expect either of these two teams to to leave Jackson County by the time it's all said. Goodbye. I really don't. Uh, I mean, I, I just for what you were saying. I mean, I, at some
2: point, you know, there, there's there's certainly politics and leverage going on right now, and you know, break glass, the case of emergency, I think is is Kansas, and that's you know the the luxury we, we do have. Uh, whether you're on the Missouri side or the Kansas side, we're we're all in the KC Metro. Um, we're not talking about them leaving the region. In my opinion, I know some people want to float out Nashville's keeping an eye on this or that, but like, you know, I we're, we're, we're still in an area where fortunately with this current ownership group for both teams, they're not leaving the KC Metro area. And, and so even as much as people in Missouri, I'm sure would be upset to a certain extent that they would, you know, lose the pride of being able to say it's in KC Mo. I get it. I really do. Um, we're talking about driving an extra 20 minutes in some cases and it's still the Kansas City Chiefs whether it's kcK or KC Moe or the kCK Royals it's still the Kansas City Royals so that's what I always have to keep in mind like it's hard for me like I'm not freaking out that we're losing these teams
1: yeah no. and, and right they're they're not going to Nashville though Nashville always seems to be the most popular destination. great city I love Nashville yeah <laughs> they will they should get a team it'd be great they should yeah. get a baseball team and I think they will. Right. For a long time, Las Vegas was like the equivalent of Nashville for the city that, that teams yeah. would float out there. Be like, well, we could always go to Las Vegas. you know. And there's all this excitement over there. Nashville's become like that new destination for negotiation, essentially. So yeah. plenty plenty more to come. Fascinating conversation. Our guy Alex School is with us of Sixth Sense Sports Radio and also on BetQL. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, let's get into some of the actual matchups this week. A lot of good NFL games, some not so good. Uh, and also it's championship week in college football. I know Alex has been covering all of those uh, over four, six, seven, and also for Beck on that betting show. We will take a short break. Be right back with Alex Gold. Stay with us. This is Benny and the Bets presented by PXG. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandloggoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information.
0: Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive and it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size Chiefs helmet, or a Chris Jones autographed jersey, a George Karloftis jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol Grill, Mission Taco Joint, or Third Street Social. You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, all of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation is all about.
3: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The holiday season is just around the corner, and it may be a time of gift-giving or spending time together with your family. But during this time, you get to define what gift you might give to yourself. The holiday season can also be a time of extra added stress to your life. Whether it's extra stress from possible holiday travel, or extra financial stress of gift-giving during holiday season, or maybe just stress from being around family. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easy on yourself during tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, Remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, h e-l pcom KCSN. All right, everybody, welcome back. Benny and the
1: bets, Ben Heisler, Alex Gold of 610 Sports Radio. You can catch him on Cody and Gold Monday through Friday between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Central Time. Also, make sure you guys are checking out his work over on that betting show as well. Uh, You can catch him on BetQL. Basically, if there's a uh, conversation surrounding betting of any sort, uh, Alex is going to be involved in the fold. Also, he's got a great Discord channel uh, that you guys should be checking out in addition to the one right here on KCSN. Where do you want to start first? I, I, I kind of want to work our way backwards a little bit with the Sunday night game with Chiefs and Packers and maybe work our way to the rest of the slate and then any college plays for championship weekend that you have your eye on. And I, I, the only reason I, I, I want to start on the Kansas City side is so much of this matchup, I think if you would have asked me about it a couple weeks ago, the fact that Kansas City is less than a touchdown favorite on the road against Green Bay, I think would have surprised a lot of people. But if you go and look at what the Packers, in particular, what Jordan Love has done over the last couple of weeks, the numbers have been really, really impressive. Their defense is finally starting to put some pressure on the quarterback, and we've seen that shown in the betting markets as well. Alex, this game opened up a drafting sportsbook as Kansas City is a seven-point favorite on the road. They were getting 81% of the bets, but only 59% of the money, according to the splits from Beeson and DraftKings. Now we're seeing a very different story. That line has moved down to six. It has stayed firm at six. Um, and we've actually seen the total go up just a tad from 42 to 42 and a half. So let's start kind of working our way in from this game. Were you surprised at all at the move towards Green Bay and the immediate move towards Green Bay here?
2: Yeah, you know, not as much based on kind of what you were saying as well, just because, yes, yeah, so a month ago I would have been shocked. But Green Bay's played a lot better football. They got a chance to sneak in as a playoff team. You know, this is a very young Green Bay team and now they're kind of trying to, to to figure things out. I think they have. You know, they offensively in particular, you know, they've gotten Jaden Reed really involved. I really like him, by the way. We can talk about if he's yeah. been, you know, he's got a little chest injury right now, but I think he's been actually a key to why offensively they've been a lot better. Yes, Jordan Love has also just gotten way more reps. I mean, yes, he's been in the league for a while behind Aaron Rodgers, but he really hadn't played a whole lot. we, we forget that at times, and I think we're starting to see him come through. I'm not saying that he's in that group of Oh man, this can be a quarterback that we're going to talk about as a chance to win an MVP someday. No, but he's not bottom four anymore, which is where I think a lot of people had him before the season started. And you know, now he to me has put himself right in the middle of the pack, probably uh, of quarterbacks in the NFL. And so I think Matt Lafleur deserves a ton of credit for what he's been able to do. Um, and for me, the defense is getting healthier for the Packers, and so I, I think that's why, coupled with still people questioning the Chief's offense even though they're coming off a nice performance against the Raiders I mean I'll, I'll tell you I I love the fact the line went down uh to minus six from seven and it's under a touchdown I do like Kansas City in this spot on the road now that we're just talking about six points needed because I the one thing I know is gonna travel to Lambeau is the Chief's defense you know we can we could be skeptical on whether or not offensively they can do what they did for really three quarters of the game against the Raiders. But I know that defense is going to be there. I'm not worried about the first two drives where Aiden O'Connell carved them up. I think in-game, there's been nobody better at adjusting than Steve Spagnuolo when when teams maybe do come out with a look in their scripted plays. Uh, there's been nobody better, and, and I really think that the Chiefs will
1: be able to get after Jordan Love in this game Sunday night. So that's part of the reason you brought up the defense. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and the numbers back that up especially. According to Evan Abrams over at Action Network, uh, who we also had on the show a couple weeks ago, if you're going to bet on the Chiefs and you're looking for the most EV possible play, Chiefs second half unders, 11-0 over the course <laughs> of the year, fourth quarter unders, 11-0. and um, You know, the only reason I, I didn't end up taking the Raiders team total in the second half last week, out was that it was seven and a half. And I'm thinking, all right, this is still a team that, that put up some points in the first half, especially if Kansas City gets it going. Maybe there's a backdoor touchdown there, and all of a sudden they've only given up three touchdown goals ahead and screws it up. But when it comes to the second-half numbers, you're right on the adjustment side. It continues to be profitable, and against a young quarterback, yeah, he's had some experience in the league, but it's still going up against a defense that continues to make the right adjustments at the right time. I, this is going to be a very difficult one for me to pass up on it's a play that I like in the actual game itself to go once again to that well with the second half under.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you on that trend. I, you know, uh, trends, and we always talk, I think I've talked with you and and you and I, whether it was on air or off air, just like, don't blindly bet trends. But man, it's week 13, and we've got an undefeated trend. I have no problem the rest of the season just taking the second half under. I'll take the L whenever it happens, because I don't think it's going to go 17-0, and all right? But you know, I'll, I'll take the L maybe Sunday night's the night where we all lose, but it was 22 and a half second half against the Raiders. And I think they scored 20 points combined uh, in that second half of the Chiefs Raiders game. And so that is a trend that I, I have no problem just blindly betting the rest of the season based off of the Chiefs defense. Now, unless this, you know, does this Chiefs offense really start to figure out or like, well, even with the defense, they're still putting up themselves 20 points in the second half or something. Okay. That, that's a different story. But I, I just think defensively right now that this defense is going to keep you in play for that second half trend, which is, it is remarkable to be sitting at 11 and zero in week 13.
1: Yeah. And the other thing too, about this year's team is that they're one of the best in covering against the number this year, which I think surprises a lot of people last couple of years when the offense was humming, uh, this is a team that really struggled to cover the number because of so many backdoor covers, because of so many issues where they would let teams hang around for far too long. But this year they've slammed the door in the second half. And it's part of the reason uh, that they've been so good against the number. Do you see that trend continuing Throughout the course of the year where this is just a team that you can feel comfortable with taking as a, you know, a six point favorite on the road against teams that are even, you know, improving like Green Bay.
2: It is kind of funny because as you allude to like a, a year ago and multiple years, it was always like, oh, the Chiefs, they're they're winning, but they're not blowing anybody out. They they don't cover against anybody. And it was with the offense, you know, being one of the best, if not the best in, in football, but the defense wasn't there. Now we flip the script. They've got a top three defense in football. Their offense, I think, is back in the top ten now after their performance. Uh, against the Raiders and they're covering, so they're a more balanced football team, I guess we could say, and that's what's leading to it. I also just think the, the the books, you know, right now they're a little tricky to figure out. Before the numbers were just so massive in these games, and that's a big reason why. And now, I mean, how many times last year I'd have to look? How many times last year were the Chiefs, you know, under the you know six point favorites, under the key number of seven? I don't think it was all that often. And now we're starting to see that play out a lot more. Of course, Sunday night, as you said, it's down to six. You know the the Eagles game, of course. They were they were two they they didn't cover, but they were two and a half point favorites or whatever in in that game. And we know they'll be favorites the rest of the way. You know against the Bills, I doubt Kansas City's going to be uh you know an eight or nine point favorite against Buffalo coming off the bye. I don't think so. At least I I would take Buffalo if it's anything over a seven. I can already tell you, despite um, the Von Miller news and everything that's going on. So I, I just think the number is is lower than we've we've had it before, and a lot of that is. Uh, when people see the offense isn't as good, but they forget that th- this defense is allowing them to cover in most cases.
1: As far as props go, we're starting to see a few of these numbers start to trickle out. Uh, full transparency, I was uh, buying the uh, squeaky wheel narrative for uh, Marquez Valdez scantling last week. He had <laughs> one <laughs> punch yeah. for negative one wards. Didn't exactly work yeah. out the way that I... Hey, man, I, I was on uh, Richie James in his first game back thinking they'd give him a little touchdown.
2: I was at an anytime touchdown bet. They had a goal line situation out there twice, and they didn't do anything. Maybe they're setting that up.
1: Yeah, I and of course, you know, this will be the week where he ends up catching the first touchdown. The, the, week, the week before, I talked about this on the show, Alex, it was the first time that I've ever experienced a bad beat three different times on a single play. <laughs> With Marcus valdez Scantling anytime touchdown the alternate line on receiving yards at 40. Oh. Um, and then there was, God, there was something else. Oh, and, and longest reception at, uh, at 12 and oh, you would hit all three. I would have hit all three on that final play Went right through his hands.
2: And you know I was, yeah, that's that, that's face. sickening. That's disgusting. I'll tell you though. I know you just said like 30 seconds ago, like watch him get a touchdown. I actually do like a little sprinkle on MVS to get a touchdown against his old team on Sunday night. Like I, I actually do believe going back to Lambo he's still getting a lot of snaps this was this was interesting I see what you're at on this because I, I talked about this locally on on six ten the other day like everybody was saying oh, Nvs is out of the the mix and he's not getting any snaps and he had the second twoest snaps of of any wide receiver he had thirty two snaps uh Richie James had less um after that everybody else had more he was two snaps away from having the second most yeah. wide receiver was you know but awesome. so like so people, you know, saying that he's out of the mix. Like I still think he's going to get a lot of snaps on Sunday night against the Packers. So despite him being frustrating, I don't hate. I think he's seven to one for any time touchdown on on Sunday night, depending on the book. Uh, I actually am going to have a few bucks on MVS to get a touchdown.
1: Yeah, and he's right now at DraftKings uh, for purposes of this show. He's at six to one, so still pretty good number. Uh, they also have the best odds that I've seen so far for first touchdown of the game at twenty eight to one. I got hey, I think at this point, when it comes to MVS, you want to throw down a little bit of pizza money each week in hopes that this is finally going to be the week yeah. that. And, and honestly, you might as well just turn it into like a, a same gamer where longest reception, anytime touchdown, um, you know, go over the alternative line for receiving yards, like maybe over twenty-five, uh, and then you just have you know, we put five bucks down and maybe turn it into like a forty to one, fifty to one play. And you're like, okay, I don't have to bet on MVS the rest of the season. Yeah. go Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't hate that logic at all. Actually, that's not a bad way to approach it. And like otherwise, wide receiver, I'm, I'm sure most people watching are, are thinking, "Wow, you got to look at Rasheed Rice because everybody loves what he's doing right now." And yeah, the, his first hundred yard game. And I, I had uh, someone you know uh, and are familiar with over at BeckQL, Dan Karpig on my uh, my thing so earlier this week. I know you guys know each other, and uh, we were talking about Rasheed Rice, where his numbers around what this week, forty-seven, I think, forty-seven. That's I something know, like yeah. that. And uh, the BetQL model. Now, this is wild to me has the projection for Rashid she ride do you, yeah, I'm going to let you guess. What do you think the number is for rice on their model?
1: That's a really good question. Cause their, their model, by the way, has been terrific this year. And oh, it shout out to, to our buddy, Dan, who is, uh, had, I, I think he's gone over maybe a hundred units this year in, in NFL prop bets. So he's, yeah, been the prop really good. Um, I'm going to guess, because I remember one, one week, like I was looking at bears prop bets and Darnell Mooney was projected for maybe like 25 and a half yards, and their model had him for like 120. So I'm going to guess Rasheed Rice is projected for 90 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that would still be
2: impressive. 115 <laughs> is what the model said. And, and so, my goodness, like, I'm not saying the model's 100%, but that's nuts to me. I mean, thinking about that, I mean, his number's at 47 and a half, uh, and we know you can find some alt lines. I don't know the exact odds, but let's say 80 plus, 90 plus. I'm sure it's 3 to 1 or something. Um, So that's interesting to keep an eye on uh, if you're really a believer that the Chiefs actually have seen the light um, and are going to continue to feed Rasheed Rice. I'm still a little skeptical If uh, with Tony back in the mix, if they're willing to continue feeding Rice. I hope they are.
1: Any other lions? any other props for this particular game that you have your eye on? Yeah, you know, so uh, other than the the couple we talked about,
2: player prop-wise, I do think on Sunday Night Football, um, kind of piggybacking off the Rasheed Rice take, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a huge game. I really do. I think he's in the best mood and the happiest he's been all season as well. Andy Reid said Rasheed Rice is Patrick friendly. Like, I think that was a huge development uh, for Patrick Mahomes. I I, I know statistically the Bears game was better, but uh, Cody and I who do the show locally on 610, like we both said we thought he's coming off his best game, even though statistically Patrick Mahomes. um, I just think the throw to Kelsey, decisions, now maybe more comfortable than ever with Rasheed Rice. So I, you know, look at it, depending on the book, number wise for Mahomes, I kinda I really like his over uh one and a half touchdown passes and over his passing number in this game against the Packers.
1: Okay. Like that play on Mahomes. And by the way, if you are in search of Rasheed Rice alternate receiving yards over on DraftKings, let's say you want to go eighty plus yards, you can get that at plus three sixty. Okay. Over ninety yards plus five fifty, you want to go up to a buck. Plus 800 for over 100 receiving Let's yards. ladder it. Let's just ladder it. Ladder, ladder, ladder. <laughs> 110 plus 12 to 1. So go ahead and if you, if you got a free bet and you're, uh, you're buying a 12 bottle, uh, go ahead and ladder that point uh, to, to kingdom come, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Good stuff there when it comes to some possible some possibilities uh, for Kansas City. What about for the rest of the slate? You know, I, I'll i kind of tease it in you know, pun sort of intended. Um the line for Kansas City I know that you're on them uh at minus 6 but man like considering Mahomes' numbers straight up over the course of his career considering his success in prime time and at night and on the road like everything just sets up so well Mahomes is 15 and 2 straight up in his last 17 night games so I'm almost looking at this line going this feels like the perfect opportunity to tease Kansas City so is why don't even have to worry about yeah any sort of cover is there a a team you like that might be worth teasing with them and keep in mind you know for those that are curious about teasers and, and trying to figure out where to go with that the rule of thumb doesn't necessarily have to be the rule that you always follow but you want to try and get underdogs to go past both three and seven and for favorites you want to try and get them past seven and three uh down to a number less than that so when you're looking at the board this week, is there another team that you like that you might want to consider pairing with Kansas City, not uh, a teaser? By? There were a couple that stood out. You know, Thursday Night Football, frankly, was what I considered as well, even, you know,
2: teasing they, the Cowboys down from, at one point, you can get me eight and a half. I know it was as high as nine and a half. And so that was a team uh, that that was kind of interesting. And if you're looking just at the Sunday slate, or at least the, 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 the rest of the slate, I should say, th- this game I know scares a lot of people and just blindly betting it um, the Chargers minus five and a half against New England, like it's the Chargers, we know the story with them. But if, if you're looking at the Patriots who might be the worst team at football and they're a complete mess, uh, bad enough that they kick Mahomes off of Monday Night Football because that's how bad the, the Patriots are. Um, that's one where I wouldn't mind it. Now you cross zero and I know you're you know, you're paying for a half point that you don't really need necessarily, but it you know, it's five and a half in some spots. So you could tease that down, even if you know a five and a half point teaser, let alone a six point teaser. So, you, could, you know, you could do a five-point teaser, tease the Chiefs down to minus one, and then just tease the Chargers down to a, a half point. You know, essentially, we're looking at two pickups.
1: Yeah, I I like that play quite a bit. I think Tennessee uh, is possibly in play if you can still find them at plus one and a half. Tease them up, okay. Tease them up a little bit. I, I really, I, I honestly prefer to tease up underdogs when I just feel like they're in a really good advantageous spot in the team that I, I almost feel like can win outright. I Tennessee, this is a Mike Rabel special. You know, short yeah. dog at home. Um, Colts have been playing better, but now Jonathan Taylor going to be missing some time. Zach Moss has done a nice job uh, outside of, of when Taylor has, has missed some time, but um, I, I think Lovis is starting to figure things out. Henry had a nice game last week. Um, that might be another team worth considering. And then, of course, Pittsburgh as well uh, at home. Arizona, historically, under Kyler Murray, has been really good at covering the spread on the road, been terrible against the spread at home. So I think those are another couple lines that you might uh, be willing to consider uh, as well. One other game that I'm curious to get your perspective on, and then we can get into some of our best best before talking a little college. Um, I was initially surprised to see the 49ers open as slight favorites against Philadelphia, given everything from last week, where Hurts looked great, Josh Allen looked great. It was just a dynamic game. Um, and then sure enough, in Philadelphia, you have a lot of money immediately going towards San Francisco to the point where it's now gone up from one and a half. Uh, one book has it at two and a half, but most books right now sitting at three. Uh, I got in on San Francisco early at minus two and, and feel pretty good about that line. Yeah, I think the 49ers come in and uh, the Eagles, I'm trying to remember which analysts had talked about it before. Alex, maybe you can refresh my memory. Um, but there's a lot of last year's Vikings to this year's Eagles team where they've just had the right bounce a lot of the time, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like The Eagles are still a very talented team, but I would take San Francisco this year any day over them just because I think they're a little bit more physical on both sides of the ball. I trust their offensive line a little bit more this year, and that's saying a lot considering Philadelphia's offensive line is one of the best in football. I I just think they're a more complete team, and the Eagles have just had some lucky bounces, and I I can't help but wonder if this is an opportunity for San Francisco where, given all the money that's gone to them initially, a lot of sharp money going to them, feels like that's the side to be on this week.
2: So I love this game. I really do. I, I can't wait uh, for Sunday afternoon. And I agree with you on some of that. You know, I, I I wish I got the Niners at two. I am at two and a half. As you said, there is still one book out there where you can still grab it at, at two and a half. And so my thought on this game, you're right on the, the comparison that you referenced for someone of Vikings. That's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. But I'll tell you this. I think the Eagles, much like the Chiefs from a couple of years ago, they do just find ways to win, right? And sometimes great teams just no do that. You can't always explain it, whether you think it's a bounce or not, but, like, they just find ways to win. That's the credit to Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, a veteran you know, veteran team in, in some areas. Like, there, there's no doubt they do find ways. You're like, how did they pull that off? For me, the reason why I like the Niners in this game on the Eagles, and it's because they're in the middle of a grueling stretch. We know they played Monday night against Kansas City, came away with the win. Short week, then they play a tough, great overtime game. Uh, against the Buffalo Bills. And now this this game that's turned out to be a huge rivalry, right? There's a lot of animosity between the Eagles and the Niners. Going back to the playoff game, some off-season comments uh, from Debo Samuel and really doubling down a little bit this week from multiple players. So I think there's just a lot of buildup. I, I don't doubt that it's going to be a, a great game. Um, The Niners on the flip side, they're healthy. That's the key, like, not just for any team, but specifically the Niners. Like, McCaffrey's good to go. Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, they once again look like the team the first five weeks where everybody was saying, oh, yeah, this is the the best team in football. You you don't want to play them. They're back to that, in my opinion. And so we can talk come playoff time if you believe Brock Purdy can get it done if suddenly Debo's not available. Right now he's available. In this game, even on the road, I really like the 49ers. I, I just think the, the Eagles are kind of running into a team that's playing as good as anybody.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. So we're both on the same side there. For, the, for what it's worth, Philadelphia 7-2-2 and against the spread. That's the best cover percentage in the NFL this year. But if you look at margin of victory and against the spread plus minus, the 49ers have trounced them. 49ers have the second best margin of victory in the NFL. 12.7, the only team better this year has been Dallas, and, and a lot of those big blowout wins come at home. But against the spread plus minus, 49ers are up at plus 5.4 compared to just plus 1.6 for Philadelphia. So when they have won and when they have covered, they have done so in very convincing fashion. All right, before we get into some of the college football plays for this weekend, any other props, any other plays on the board uh, that you were considering for this week in the NFL?
2: Yeah, I was trying to weigh, you know, where were Jacksonville? They've actually been very good. Jacksonville's been very good uh, against the spread in some opportunities there where they're eight and a half point favorites. Uh, against Cincinnati, we know Jake Browning is the quarterback now for Sensi. For you know, this is another game I mentioned as a teaser opportunity maybe. Um, but in this particular game, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley got something going on now. You know, that they, they, they had it early. It went away. I think it's not a secret that that's when this offense struggled. They went to London. They figured things out for four weeks. Uh, and then they came back and they struggled. And people kind of jumped off the, the Calvin Ridley-Trevor Lawrence bandwagon. I'm trying to pull up the, the exact latest numbers for Calvin Ridley. But I, I think that duo is now hitting on on everything again. Uh, it's the Monday night game. I don't I don't see the latest number. Maybe you have it at DraftKings, but um, I, I'm going to be on some Calvin Ridley props at any time touchdown. And unless his number is you know in the 70s or something, uh, if it's anywhere 65 or less, probably going to hit the over for Calvin Ridley. Uh, this is a number he's been able to hit, and, and I, I just think right now it's someone that Trevor Lawrence is really targeting, and I like what I'm seeing from Trevor Lawrence where three weeks ago a lot of people were saying, oh, this this is going to be a problem for Jacksonville and now I think they're going to get hot and I, I think you know, when we look at the, the AFC conversation, there's a chance the Jags actually end up as the two seed behind Kansas City.
1: Yeah, and by the way, to your point about Ridley, I, I would jump on that line now. DraftKings has it at 56 and a out. Okay. Um, so I think that's a, a very good play as well if you're looking from the uh, the anytime touchdown perspective as I tried to pull that up in real time <laughs> as, we're, uh, as we're recording today i um, not sure if I'm seeing it actually on draft because they may have to, they may have taken some of their anytime touchdown numbers down, but I'm seeing it at okay. 160 right now at, at, at a different book. Um, so there are some very intriguing plays uh, certainly on the board for this game in particular. So you're going to want to make sure that uh, you're, you're paying attention to that. In fact, DraftKings does not have anytime touchdown lines as we are recording, but maybe by the time you're checking out this show, uh, things are a little bit different. All right really quickly as we head into the college football championship weekend, um, certainly Oregon and Washington. Uh, that was a line that, that caught my attention, uh, heading into Friday night, the ducks, a nine and a half point favorite, uh, on the road or not necessarily on the road, but in, in the, in the championship game, uh, you have a couple other intriguing matchups, Oklahoma state and Texas, uh, the, the Longhorns getting 15 and a half at some books. Um, I guess let's just kind of go through a, a few of them. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you're eyeing and uh, if any particular matchup stands out.
2: So actually, the ACC title game is interesting to me, right? We're talking about Louisville in uh, Florida State. And a lot of the talk this week has been, you know, does Florida State deserve to get in? If, you know, they're undefeated, but it's a backup quarterback. Is it giving Georgia whoever the one seed a bye week? And, you know, all this. I personally think it sorts itself out. I like Louisville in this game, not only to cover win outright, but here's how I'm betting it. I think a lot of people will just say, oh, I'm going to. I'll take Louisville plus two and a half, which I will, um, and I have. But then you, you say, hey, I'm going to take the money line for Louisville. I think there's a better way to bet it. So right now, Louisville's plus 104, 108, depending on the, the book you're looking at on the money line. But there's two-way betting options for Florida State, yes or no, to make the college football playoff. The one thing I, I believe we all can agree on is if, if Florida State um, loses, there's no way they're getting it. If they win, you still have an outside chance that the committee says, yeah, we're not putting you in with a backup quarterback. And it's plus 118 for Florida State not to get in. So instead of betting Louisville on the money line, I'm going to be betting Florida State not to make the college football playoff because I feel like I have two ways to win the bet. One is they just lose. And if they win, it's not completely dead. There's a chance the committee says, look, we know you went undefeated and this might suck for you. But we're not letting Georgia play a backup quarterback. Sorry, we we're not doing that. So I I love that bet. I think that's how you
1: approach Florida State. Luke. That's a really really insightful play and a really really sharp play. Uh, are you going to be going under on uh, Michigan Iowa this week, <laughs> dude? I have to seven straight right Iowa games have gone under, and the I think this is like a twenty eight
2: to three game or twenty four seven game between Michigan and Iowa in Indianapolis. I you know we know Iowa just can't score. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be on the under out of principle, frankly. Um, you know, it's, that, that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, so yes, that's the only bet. Other than that, that game's going to suck. Um, so I'll, I'll have the under. a Disgusting watch. Although I loved, I absolutely loved Iowa Nebraska last week. That was just, I mean, that was just beautiful. I
1: I loved yeah. that game. Yeah, and, and just watching in the ways in which Nebraska just melted down, like it. They're it, it's gotten <laughs> to a point now where they're Nebraska is losing games. And I'm I'm an Indiana fan, so I I I have played well. Um, you know, Indiana and Missouri, I kind of felt for a long time were you know what, what's the expression where they're like their souls that are meant to be together because of all the humiliating and awful and pathetic ways that they would find ways to lose games. Like Missouri has taken that bad juju and just punted it over to Nebraska, and now like that's the team that find it, Indiana still has it. Um, uh, Nebraska in particular, you might've seen
2: like, you might've seen, I can't remember who put it out, but it's basically symmetric, like, you know, basically unluckiest team or whatever. And it was a graphic that came out. It was like, even though Scott Frost is gone, still Nebraska was number one. And like, they had five wins. They should have eight or something like that. Uh, KU was in the top 10 as well. Like, and so they're still quote unquote, the unluckiest team in college football. Yeah.
1: Although Indiana, I feel like they got lucky today with, uh, with, with coach Siggs coming from James Bass. i I look I look at Indiana, Indiana being able to pay $20 million to watch a coach leave. How about Indiana? Listen, listen, Mark Cuban uh, sold... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the Is that why? Is that what he needed to do it for? He said, hey, I got I to... I right. He's, he's going to go fund that NIL fund uh, yeah. for Indiana. Alex, before we let you go, obviously a million places that people can hear you Six Sixth Sense Sports Radio with Cody and Gold from 10 to 2, uh, as well as that betting show. Where can they hear you? Where can they find you? Where can everybody go and consume... Uh, the Goldilocks for each. <laughs>
2: yeah, man, I appreciate having me on the show. It's been a ton of fun. We definitely got to do this again. Yeah, 610 Sports Radio, 10 to 2 during the week with uh, with Cody Tap, Cody and Gold, and that betting show Wednesday nights on 610. And then uh, if you want more of a national conversation, I'm on Beckql QL and CBS Sports Radio Saturday mornings uh, from 9 to 11, I guess, except this Saturday. I, mean, I head up to Green Bay. I got. I, we were talking about you and your Lambo Leap in the old video, by the way, today on the show. Uh, and whether or not somebody can do a Lambo leap, and I referenced, I saw Heist do one like eight years ago, and I said it didn't turn out well. So I'm saying no, I don't think I could do it.
1: Full transparency, um, I I made the Lambo leap the second time. I just huh? didn't recognize. Yeah, well Carrington didn't didn't get that on video, or if <laughs> he did, he decided to share the one that was much funnier. Of course, like, well, yeah, everything everything's for content. Yeah, the first time I tried to do the Lambo leap, did not judge actually how high it was. Uh, fell down fell on my face. You can probably find it somewhere on Twitter or on YouTube. Uh, but the second time I did make the Lambo leap. So, um, you know, erroneous. (laughs) Yeah, man. I I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for having on. Thanks.